Hi, this is Ted Kelly with another Ted's Hospitality Minute. Hey, today we've got a great guest on. His name is Chip Rogers. He's the president of the American Hotel and Lodging Association. He's going to come on and talk a little bit about the state of the industry, how 2021 ended, and talk a little bit about what's going forward here in 2022. Hey, Chip, welcome aboard. How are you? Ted, it is really great to see you, and thanks for having me today. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, tell us a little bit about your assessment on how the last two years have, have mm-hmm. gone kind of for the hotel industry. We know it's been probably one of the most challenging rec- uh, on record, but talk a little bit about what you think is going on there and how the legislative front is gonna, gonna help going forward for the uh, hotel guys. Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, um, we entered into 2020 uh, on a nine-year record performance. And so things just kept getting better and better and better. And, you know, during that nine years, there were a lot of people who had never been in the industry before. And so they didn't know anything else. They didn't understand what a dip meant. They didn't understand cycles. All they knew is it just kept getting better and better. And then March of 2020 hit uh, and everything kind of fell off the cliff. And so um, if you look just statistically at the numbers, 2020 was the worst year on record, and 2021 is going to be almost the same. The reason being, of course, we didn't have those first few months uh, like we did in 2020. And so two years of back-to-back historic lows in overall performance, but you know, with the vaccines that came out, with the therapies that came out, with uh, politicians finally getting the idea that you don't need to shut down every time there's a new wave, um, I think we're on pace to get much, much better in 2022. Uh, STR says 2022 is gonna be much better, but I get the question a lot, like when are we gonna look like 2019? When is the industry gonna be back to that? And it's probably not going to be until maybe the end of 2023, if you're looking at purely RevPAR, maybe even early 2024, if you adjusted for inflation. So we're headed in the right direction, no question about it. Uh, For the first time, really probably in history, our industry had to be extremely aggressive in working with elected officials, both at the state, the local, and the federal level, to get financial assistance for the industry. You know, before the pandemic, uh, our industry was kind of one of those, like many, who just simply said, hey, kind of just stay out of our way, let us do what we do, and we'll be okay. Um, that, of course, all changed in March of 2020 when shutdowns, you know, not shutdowns we wanted or asked for, but shutdowns changed the entire scope of the business. And we really had to go to elected officials and say, hey, we were hit first. We were hit worst. We're probably going to come out of this last. Please give us some sort of financial assistance. Right, right. And I saw that the AHLA was lobbying hard to protect the hotel owners, I think, actually to try to extend the uh the workers' benefits during the pandemic. So you guys were definitely on the on the front line, fighting hard, fighting hard to try to make sure that the hotelers were were being considered in the uh, uh, package of uh, support that Congress was looking at during that period. So kudos to AHLA for doing that because I did I did recognize the efforts that were going in there. So let's talk about the variants a little bit a little bit. It seems like. You know, we come out of one variant and we head into another. What what do you think that's going to mean in terms of the, the recovery? I know we just chatted a little bit about it, but it seems like every time we get to a place where we're feeling like, okay, maybe we're turning the corner, uh, it seems like we've got another strain that's coming at us. 
Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I think early on in the pandemic, there is a subset of Americans that said, look, I'm not scared. I'm in a group that even if I were to get COVID, um, it's not that dangerous to me, mainly young, healthy people. And they've been traveling all along. And then we got to this summer and there was just an explosion of leisure travel. What didn't take place, of course, was the business travel where a lot of offices still remain closed. And, and we certainly have concerns about that. And then you had events. And so, you know, Ted, in our industry, it really comes down to three legs of a stool, leisure travel, uh, the events and conferences, and then the traditional business travel. And so leisure travel is better than ever. Um, the yes. events and conferences, they started coming back. And then this is really where the waves make a difference. Uh, you know, you start seeing some cancellations and some delays on events. And if it's a large event, a large citywide event, you just can't redo that immediately a couple months later. You have to really plan a year or two out. And so those are the things that have been damaging mainly our inner city, uh, city center urban core hotels. Anything connected uh, to a convention center has really been damaged because the food and beverage jobs have just gone away and they haven't been replaced. And so, you know, as we look forward and we say, what is going to happen with the next variant? What we continue to message to elected officials is don't shut down. Don't send that message that you can't handle this. That, was, that is what happened in places like Southern California when you compare it to Florida. Um, I did a study myself, me and my team, and we looked at Miami and Tampa compared to San Diego and Los Angeles. And we looked at it in the dead of winter when most people travel to those places because the weather's great, right? And when you compare those two, traditionally, they're almost the same in occupancy. But when you compare those two uh, at the start of 2021, about a year ago uh, in January and February, the South Florida locations had about 20% better in occupancy. And it was because Florida was open and Southern California was not. And so we continue to tell policymakers, we can make it through these waves. We know there's going to be another variant at some point, but just don't shut down. Let's manage our way through it. Gotcha. So what do you think the next 12 to 24 months looks like for the hotel industry? You know, Ted, I think we're going to continue to see uh, leisure travel. Um, there's just still remains that pent up demand of people to get out and experience things that they didn't get to experience for more than a year. So we'll see that um, your leisure travel destinations, anything next to a national park, anything next to water, those areas are going to continue to do exceptionally well. The luxury high end hotels will do well. Um, the extended stay hotels, which have fared best through the entire pandemic, they'll continue to do well. My great concern is what happens in our urban city centers. Again, white collar business travel is not back yet. And are we gonna to continue to cancel conventions and those type meetings? So as we move forward, and I think we handle these things better and we seem to be handling Omicron a lot better than we did Delta, um, I think that we're going to continue to move back towards normal, but it will take a while again for those urban city center hotels to fully recover. And so, um, you know, 2023 is probably at the end of 2023, I think we're going to look at it and say, okay, we're back. Uh, but it's a, it's a long time between now and then. There's still a little bit of pain to go through, but at least we're headed in the right trajectory. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think for the urban uh, areas, it's going to be fully dependent on that business traveler getting back on the airplane on that Sunday night and probably staying in a hotel till Thursday, then flying home on Friday. I just, I really, you know, hope and pray that the business travel returns to where it was, say, pre, uh, pre-pandemic, because I think that's going to be key for a lot of the urban areas to uh, get back on track. Um, talk a little bit about the supply chain. You know, I know a lot of folks have having a lot of issues getting stuff uh, off the boats and into the 
the trucks in and into the hotels and then they even got a bigger problem getting it out of china what what's your thoughts on the supply chain disruptions and you know how that's going to play out here yeah big big problem no question about it um i often get this question what what are hoteliers most worried about and if i said right now today what i think hoteliers are most worried about um, the virus comes in third place. I think first and foremost is labor. No question about it. People just can't find labor. Almost at any price, they can't find labor. Second is supply chain. You know, we survey our members. Um, we have about almost 35,000 members across the industry. And we, we do this on a very regular basis. And just recently, we asked that question, you know, what's happening with supply chain? And almost 90%, almost nine out of 10 said they're having supply chain issues. And so when you don't have labor and you don't have some of the goods and materials that are necessary to make sure that rooms are clean and safe, it means you have to shut down blocks of rooms. You're not going to rent a room unless it's up to pristine condition. And so, you know, at a time when we desperately need to be renting rooms, we're having to block rooms. Uh, for things that really don't have a lot to do necessarily specifically with the virus. And so, you know, those three things, uh, labor, supply chain, and still remnants of the virus continue to, to, to cause us to struggle a little bit. And that's why this recovery is going to be extended. But no question about it, supply chain is a big, big issue on the minds of hoteliers. Yeah, I agree with that. Talking, talking to your number one uh, issue there on the labor shortage, you know, what is the AHLA doing to maybe try to highlight the career opportunities available in the hospitality industry? We've done a lot uh, through AHLA and the AHLA Foundation. We've been working on this for months. We did a, a full scale uh, test, uh, in-person questionnaires, surveys across the country of what people were looking for and why they weren't turning to hospitality. You know, it's interesting, Ted, pay is always important. And when we've done these type of surveys in the past, pay was always number one. But right now, flexibility and benefits are just as important as pay. And I think as people moved out of the offices and out of traditional work weeks, what they recognized is there's a way to handle their life where they get that proper balance, but that's going to require flexibility from their employers. And that's what people are demanding, understandably so. And so, you know, we are working with our friends and telling them, hey, look, you got you to gotta have good pay. There's no question about it, but you've got to be able to be very flexible. You got to change the way that you do business. And those hoteliers that have done that have had a much better record with retention. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. Uh, um, and I think also trying to figure out a way to tie probably the college uh, education into getting workers back, you know, in the hotel industry is also a plus. If you can figure out a way to be flexible, help them get educated and help them keep a job and work around their schedule. I think that's going to be awesome if we can figure that out. Absolutely. Um, I got one more question for you. Talk, talk a little bit about, um, you guys have a special initiative going in January, uh, Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And I think you guys have put together, at least you guys are focusing on it even more so. Uh, talk a little bit about that and how COVID impacted you guys' previous uh, efforts to highlight that that uh that major issue that we have here in the U.S. not only just in the U.S. but worldwide I'm sure. Yeah thanks for asking that Ted it's really important we actually started this pre-pandemic and created a program a campaign called no room for trapping so no room for trapping in hotels it's just the bottom line and we started with a goal that we'll never reach which is pretty interesting for creating a campaign with a goal you can't reach and that goal is to make sure that every hotel employee in America is trained to be able to see the signs of human trafficking and to know what to do with that information. It's one thing to see the signs, but if you don't know what to do with it, you're not gonna be able to solve the problem. And so last right. year during 2021, 
through our through our partnership with ECPAD and Marriott, we were able to train for free over 500,000 hoteliers uh, to be able to see those signs and understand what to do with that information. That campaign will never end. We will continue to do this uh, as long as I'm here, that's for sure, and hopefully even longer after I'm gone. Um, but the goal is simply to make sure that, that human trafficking doesn't happen in hotels. And so um, it's a big deal for us. Uh, we continue to work on it. We appreciate anybody that wants to talk about it uh, because we want to make sure that we are successful in stopping human trafficking. Yeah, that I think that's awesome. And I highlight a little bit in the news with the recent Jeffrey Epstein case that just kind of adds a little bit more fuel to the fire about how these things are going on, even with some more prominent type folks. So anyway, that is a big issue. And I appreciate, Eleni, you guys making that uh, uh, emphasis for January, but uh, uh, bringing it to light because it is something that maybe falls off the radar a little bit to folks that's just trying to focus on their day-to-day -day, uh, activities. But uh, Chip, I wanted to just say thanks for coming on and chatting with us for a few minutes. You know, you've been on my list for quite a while, so I'm glad to see that I can get somebody off of that top 10 list to come on the THM and talk a little bit about the state and the industry. We really appreciate it, sir. And you're welcome back at any time. Thank you. And I'm honored to be in the top 10. So we'll do it again. <laughs> All right. Thanks, this Ted. has been Ted with another Ted's Hospitality Minute. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. You guys have a great week.